0: Welcome to Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from Capturing the Charmed Life. I'm here to help you turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure that you can do this homeschool thing, if you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do, or you are a homeschool mama that isn't clear on what nurturing the nurturer looks like in real time, then this is the podcast for you. Today I get to introduce you to Vicki Tillman. Vicki Tillman wants you to feel you are fulfilling your life's purposes. She is a speaker, curriculum developer, counselor, and life and career coach who helps women become who they need to be. She shares her expertise in homeschooling, prayer, Healthy life and career topics and mental health topics through her coaching at Vicki Tillman Coaching. And she posts at Seven Sisters, Pike Creek Psychological Center, and Vicki Talks Prayer. She's a homeschooling mom for 20 plus years. All five of Vicki's kids graduated from homeschool high school and have completed various degrees at colleges and graduate levels. Welcome, Vicki. It is yeah. such a pleasure to meet you. You yeah. were one of the very first um, podcast podcasts I think ever that I listened to. I think uh, I don't remember which one of you,
1: but there was a couple of you that still hadn't graduated. Everybody, I, I think all of us when we first started out okay. still had kids in high school, and now they've all graduated. And um, the one of my youngest has graduated college. So wow, wow. yeah. I, when i think of parenting
0: i always think of that little baby phase right and yes. when i got into that phase i just thought well this is just going to be it indefinitely and then when they start leaving you're like
1: oh okay yeah. <laughs> so it is such a pleasure to have you yeah, here so, and and i i love the fact that we have a digital world that we can meet our homeschool friends all over the world now and you know make new podcaster friends and expand love our that. world and, I think people are always worried
0: about um, homeschool kids socialization, but I think sometimes they should be worried about the moms who are often outside of the pandemic, sitting in a car waiting for their kids somewhere. Yeah. And now I'm like, hey, have you considered doing a homeschool podcast?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for contacting me and of you know course. making this happen. So I usually, when I'm talking to my clients, I have this propped up, but I've got I've got my um, curtains up around the mic to make a little buffer, and so I'm using my boxes for that. So no, yes, probably. I
0: forgot to tell you. Welcome to my closet. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm, I'm in my youngest home, but... son. Yeah, my youngest son's bedroom that I've been using for my counseling office since the pandemic started and recording from there and all. So it it looks like a 13-year-old boy's room because that's where it paid when he moved out to go to college. Right, yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're here. For those people that don't
0: know you, would you share a little bit about who you are and your homeschooled journey, your your kids, all that?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm Vicki Tillman, and I'm really glad to talk to everybody. So I have five kids. We homeschooled all through to graduation. My oldest is 40 now. Wow. Yes. Yes. I do not know how my kids got older than me, but yes. You were um, very young then. You were very young. <laughs> I'm like, how, how is that possible? Yeah. And then yeah. The, the, the baby is 24. And uh, so he's graduated from college now. So all five kids graduated homeschooling and have finished college. Two have PhDs um my only daughter in the middle of all five is a pro- professional photographer and then um the younger two are public school well private and public school teachers so i all all my kids all went into education except for the photographer wow. so homeschooling can do all kinds of things but none of them are homeschooling right now because don't have any kids in that uh, age bracket it will be interesting to see what the grandchildren end up doing Did you start with homeschooling or did you start in the education system? Um, We did kind of a mix when we were first starting out educating kids. So my oldest, when he was in kindergarten, we lived in way backwoods, Florida. And uh, uh, all of our friends went to a little private school. And it was a cute little like tuition. It was almost like a homeschool co-op kind of thing. And so he went to kindergarten and first grade there. And then we moved up to the Pennsylvania area and the culture was very different. And there wasn't anything like that there. And uh, I had always wanted to homeschool even before that was a thing. When I was in high school, I was going like, I'm never doing this to my kids. And uh, so we, uh, (laughs) we started homeschooling when we moved up here and it's been going on ever since. So my, oldest had a little flavor of a kind of a school. And then all the rest of them just had homeschool all the way through.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Because uh, back in that day, it wasn't nearly as popular as it is. Obviously, this year is quite popular. (laughs) Yeah. So what what got you thinking about that? It was high school, you're thinking, no, I don't want to do this for my kids.
1: Um, When I was in high school, it was just You know, I was a little obnoxious hippie kid and I thought it was a waste of my time. I wanted to learn what I wanted to learn and, you know, get on with life and not sit for an hour in a class doing something boring that didn't matter to me. And uh, so I just remembered that when, you know, my kids came along and I said, okay, we're going to concentrate on education being meaningful and no busy work, which is actually how Seven Sisters came along is, you know, as we started Working on curriculum to teach in our homeschool co ops and group classes and all um, is that no busy work. We are not wasting our kids' time with useless lessons or. Same problems over and over and over again, you know, like we're just learning what you need to learn and then allowing them to explore and grow in the areas that were meaningful to them.
0: Interesting. That's very much how I approach things, although it took me a couple (laughs) years to get there because in the beginning I'm like, so I really like Susan Wise Bower's tome and you're eight so we can handle this and we did that we did it all. The first two kids remember a couple pages of writing after we did an hour long reading of history. And that was just one small element of our day. And then I burned out as one does when does when one does all of that. And then I decided, okay, let's actually, I think I found a John Taylor Gatto book and a John Holt book. And that was it. Now I've gone towards self-directed learning. I don't want to say true unschooling, but let's not waste time doing stuff. And yeah. nobody cares about. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. 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 Beautiful benefits of homeschooling, except that homeschooling um, along the way also is very demanding. And at a certain point, at least for me in my fourth year, I realized that I had to start taking care of myself or be aware that I'm also a human being with needs in this family. Did you have a similar experience with you learning about yourself and learning about what you needed
1: along your path? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I guess that's how your podcast was birthed because it's about self-care. Yeah. Yeah, As our kids, especially the group of us in Seven Sisters, we were co-oping our kids all the way through And uh, about the time they're all hitting puberty, we are getting burnt out. And around that same time my oldest was launching into those middle school years, um, I started back to grad school to finish my master's degree and um, become a, a counselor. And so I was tired and all us moms were kind of burnt out. And so we realized that if we are going to continue to do what we're doing, we have to figure what self-care looks like when you are moms who are working and co-oping and having multiple ages. And, uh, you know, so to find a minimum effective dose of yeah. what self-care looks like, but there that there has to be because our bodies and our souls won't keep up if we, just keep on like we are endless.
0: Yeah I think I was watching a Brené or someone recommended um, watching a Brené Brown TEDx talk Mm. and it was the morning that I for the first time threatened that everybody is getting on the big yellow bus and you're going to school (laughs) as one does because we all do that. (laughs) I think it was one of four of A number of those days yes. (laughs) Exactly and but then I realized no I want to homeschool but I don't want to do it the way that I'm doing it. And so I don't know what it was that she said, but it had something to do with vulnerability and authenticity and recognizing my own person and my own needs and that Mm -hmm. I have some (laughs) and that I can't just be expending everything on all of these other people and not recognize that I need something too. And it's really tricky. I think the first thing that I usually think of is boundaries and somehow building boundaries, which is really challenging because you're with these people all the time. Mm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and you care about every single aspect of them so then you're trying to uh, carry all of that or like your heart is fully into all of that but actually they have their stories and they have their purpose in life and they have their their experiences and they're not actually 100% tied to me even though it feels like it and and then I started realizing I have to actually build in things for myself. But when, when I talk about self-care, I think people often have these myths or these ideas of what that means. And it usually has something to do with Netflix, dark chocolate, the spa, something like that. (laughs) When, when you hear a discussion on self-care or when you hear um, a discussion about self-care in the context of homeschool parents, do you hear different myths that people have in their minds on what that really means?
1: Well, most of the time when I'm talking to other moms about it, the first thing I hear is I don't have time for that because what self-care is supposed to look like is a 45 minute workout, like go do a Zumba class and then do a 15 minute meditation session and then read a fulfilling book and do, you know, service work. And, you know, like, and when you've got a house full of littles and teens and all, it's that's not going to happen. So what, what we've always talked about is, you know, no, we need a minimum effective dose. And what is meaningful for you at this phase of life? So nothing looks like Netflix or, or movies or total relaxation, but there are things that for each of us will help us survive and be healthy because we want to stay, you know, spirit, soul, and body and in, in a basic one piece until those kids get graduated, <laughs> get launched.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know that I have two thoughts. Your um, this is your focus is actually engaging high school students that are transitioning into college um, mm-hmm. and also full grown adults that are transitioning into the rest of their lives. Yeah. In fact, there's somebody that recently put together um, a course that is all about homeschool moms launching into their rest of their lives. And I thought it was so interesting. We are always asking 18 year olds, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. And almost no one does that thing for the rest of their life. And so much pressure on that child, so much pressure, I think on us too, as homeschool moms, that, what are you going to do afterwards? And so then I think we kind of have to nourish that, during, you know, the homeschool stage for those 20 years or whatever years that we are homeschooling. And you did that. You jumped in with both feet and said, OK, I'm going to go do graduate school. That's yeah. a huge, huge commitment, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, and it was a necessity. You know, I, I enjoyed just concentrating on homeschooling. Um, but we lived in a, a location in South Philadelphia that um had gone downhill and we needed to move our kids out to a safer neighborhood which would require double the income and that's just real life and so in order to do that I I can't count so I couldn't be a cashier or a bank teller and so I just (laughs) had to go finish my college education and uh, is this you know a thing that God has given me is to be able to listen and talk and and guide people. So I finished my degree and then we were able to move the kids into a, a better safer neighborhood. (laughs) So, but that was, and for me, that was self-care, although it was hard work. It was self-care because it was fulfilling what my next things were supposed to be. So, and that was uh, like, my next thing started while I still had kids at home. So my, my baby Uh, He grew up with a mom who was a working homeschool mom, you know, the oldest ones kind of got used to the idea, but he, he never knew anything but a working homeschool mom. So, you know, God gives us the ability to do what we have to do and to enjoy it along the way.
0: Do you have any suggestions for people that are in that scenario? Because that that is a heavy load. And this year, it seems like at some point in this last year, everybody had the chance to learn what it's like to be, maybe they're not truly homeschooling, but they're at home with their kids, kind of yeah. responsible for their kids' education, and they're bringing the work home and yeah. doing all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. One one of my friends, um, when I first went back to grad school, uh, was publishing Christian homeschool curriculum, you know, way back before it was much of a thing. And she told me, she said, Vicki, you can do all kinds of things well, but only one at a time. So don't worry about all the things that aren't going well. You know, concentrate on what you're supposed to do at the moment. So, you know, if if you're working, you concentrate on that. If you're doing lessons, concentrate on that. And don't worry about the things that are falling through the cracks. And I thought to myself. That's really cool because otherwise, you know, us moms feel guilty all the time. And, uh, you know, why bother feeling guilty? We'll concentrate on what we can do and be grateful for it. And I think gratitude is the, the thing that holds that together. You know, we can concentrate and be grateful. Okay. Right now we can do math lesson or right now I can go, you know, work with my clients and, uh, and then the rest will just wait.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, I, I'm a natural multitasker. I think most of us homeschool moms definitely know how to do that, Mm -hmm. but there's a myth in multitasking that Mm -hmm. you're actually getting as much done. And it's certainly at the very least is not satisfying. You're always like one head, you know, your mental space is here and it's also here and it's also here and it's Mm -hmm. not that satisfying. And certainly the kids don't feel like you're really with them. Mm -hmm. I think the irony actually in the homeschool scenario is that people think that our kids are always with us and Mm -hmm. First of all, they genuinely are not, they're always wanting to go do their own things when they have that chance, but we are also with them, but we're not always with them in right. our hearts yes. yeah, because we have them almost like they're the wallpaper or we are the wallpaper to them and we're always together. And so we're not always listening closely, mm-hmm. but that multitasking idea, we're all naturally, we all build that skill as homeschool parents for sure, but it's actually counterproductive I think for our our joy and and just like you said being present so yeah. you learn to be present in the moment and let go of the guilt or the the discomfort yeah. about that
1: yeah I, I can remember our our seven sister sabrina talking about learning how to set aside multitasking oh. and she said it she was sitting down in a january you know she liked to rewrite her goals every january And her goal just it popped into her head that she would like to notice what her kids are doing all through the day, you know, like to to stop and actually be present with the kids rather than be working on something while she sat next to the kid doing the math lesson. But that there are times where she put that aside and just did the math lesson. And then she would put aside the math lesson, let the kid work on it. Independent learning. We want them to do that and go work on the other, but to be present in each moment. And uh, I I wish I had her here to explain in her beautiful words, how she did that. Um, But that's, you know, the gift, one of the self-care gifts we can give ourselves really is how to just be doing what we're doing one at a time.
0: Yeah, that is really good. That really is good. And it's a practice.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes we need to multitask because that's life. But to have times in a day where we're just doing one thing and being grateful that we can do that slows our, our our brain down and it allows our blood pressure to lower. And so we become healthier people.
0: You know, I remember in, the, in this house, we've only lived here for about four or five years. But in the beginning, I was I I loved my floors. I loved having the floors that I chose these hardwood floors, but I was sweeping one time and I was sweeping frustrated. I was like, I don't want (laughs) to sweep. I'm so tired of sweeping. Why am I doing this mundane activity that nobody pays me for? And, and I was so demonstrative that my husband came over to say, could you just not like you don't (laughs) have to and I'm like who else is gonna sweep if I'm not sweeping this will never get cleaned and you know doing my thing and then he said well or you could just not or you could just choose to do the thing and do it in um in an energy or in a way that you want to do it Mm -hmm. and I'm like huh okay maybe so that's of course where I insert podcast here because I at least have something plugged into my ear to listen to that I'm not bored silly while I'm sweeping the floors
1: yeah see and that's a healthy multitasking because you're giving your your soul something positive and uplifting while you do the boring like who wants to sweep
0: (laughs) nope nobody but there are a lot of a lot of things on the floor just like there are a lot of erasers in the sofas (laughs) So you, I'm curious about your vision in your homeschool. You had an idea of what your homeschool would look like in the beginning, and you homeschooled for twenty some years. Is that right? Did it? Change? I
1: think if I did the math right, it was twenty six. Twenty six. My I, who knows? I'm a terrible mathematician, but it was oh, a long time too.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve Demi taught me how to do double digit subtraction
1: <laughs> math. You see. Steve Demi lived about an hour from where I live. Yeah, we're all in that neck of the country. So I would run into him at all of our local homeschool conferences back in the old days. (laughs) We had lots of local conferences. It's always appreciated, Matthew C. And I would know, like I knew when I would drive up north to visit relatives uh, deeper into the Lancaster area. I would not know, well, Steve Demi, somewhere out in one of those neighborhoods.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, I haven't got that close to him. I just, I've been around with him long enough to see his hair change over the course of time. <laughs> He's been my best math teacher in my life, for sure. But what I was thinking is you've done homeschooling for about, you said, 26 years. So your vision of how you saw homeschooling in the beginning, did it shift over the course of time?
1: Yes, by absolute necessity. Um, when we first started out, um, I had just elementary kids. And just by nature, we did most things at home, just, just our family. And then we would go out frequently to you know the library reading programs. Things were very simple. But by the time my oldest got to be um, like fifth or sixth grade, I was starting to see the future coming and, you know, knowing that he wanted more out of life. And uh, and at that same time, I kind of graduated into our homeschool um, state leadership. It just, you know, it's okay, Vicki, it's your turn. And so I, I met our, our seven sister, Marilyn, who I didn't know before. And she was also graduating into leadership and her kids were our same age. And so we looked at each other and said, you know, our kids want to hang out with some other kids doing their schoolwork. And, and so we started co-oping and then one thing led to another. So my that, you know, co-ops just became a way of life. So at least one day a week, some years we would get crazy and do two days a week. Um, and then we graduated into a homeschool umbrella with a you know, couple hundred kids in there with group classes, um, just as our kids wanted more. Uh-huh. You know, like they wanted a choir, they wanted a speech team, they want, and so as they got older and wanted more, Ooh. we had the, um, just with our local homeschool community, the the resources to throw things together. So it really was a, an evolving thing. So we had, we always had things at home, but the older they got, the more, um group kind of things we did also
0: Ah, yeah because they start to create their own visions outside Mm -hmm. of us Mm -hmm. you know I think it was Julie Bogart that had said that you know homeschooling is our big adventure but not necessarily our children's Uh they have their different ideas of what their life is about that was a huge shift for me actually uh, when my oldest daughter said she wanted to go to school I was like um No, I'm a homeschool parent. Yeah, right. (laughs) Sorry. It took her a year to convince me and an essay and, a you know, Uh (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then, and, but now my third daughter, actually, this is the first year she's gone to school. It's in grade 10. She's never been to kindergarten or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have local co-ops and all those things. We actually don't have Mm -hmm. a really huge homeschool community where I am. We are, we are truly like you were talking about being Mm -hmm. hippie-ish. This is definitely where I am.
1: Yeah, yeah, everybody's an unschooler and everybody's,
0: uh-huh. all of that. Um, but so there's not a lot of solid co-ops and so the kids gravitate towards where their friends are. And so uh-huh. first year ever, my third daughter decided to go to school and I didn't have the same kind of panic attack when oh she God. said to me, I'd like to consider school. Um, with my first daughter, I followed the school bus until we got to the high school she doesn't know that (laughs) I think I would do the same (laughs) whereas with my third daughter I was like okay yep there's a bus bye (laughs) and and it was okay because I think I came to this awareness that they have their own they have their own goals I guess or they're developing their sense of self and what they're all about in their their lives and they need to include things and people and I you know experiences outside of what I'm offering Uh
1: uh-huh Well, and to respect, you know, there's not one right way to be a parent or a teen or a homeschooler or an educator that each kid needs to fulfill who they are supposed to be. And if we say, no, this is our cookie cutter, then we're stifling something that needs to grow. So that's not very good stewardship. So it's good. So when it was time for them to get on the bus, they got on the bus.
0: Got on the bus. Yeah. With masks this year. Weird.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: (laughs) So my second daughter though, is just about to graduate from Mm. high school, uh, homeschool high school and has a radically different experience. The wild thing for me is that at that stage, she, uh, you know, comparing all three of my girls they she's actually the one that is the most academic out of all Mm -hmm. of them so go figure right Mm -hmm. when I told her that you were um, or that I was going to be speaking with you and what your focus in your your counseling is your your uh, approach with your clients then she said oh can you ask her how do I get the college to actually look at my portfolio and because she's had such a challenging time And so we've just told her, perseverate, like, just keep calling, just keep saying, hey, I want to, I want you to take a look at what I've got here. But this is a challenging year, I think, for everyone, including colleges, right?
1: Yeah, it's so much better if you can walk into the dean of the department with the portfolio in hand and say here, but now everybody's working from home, including the dean, and he's looking at your digital portfolio, only you're not in front of him. So he doesn't remember.
0: Yes. So
1: that That is a real challenge for the kids. This this generation.
0: Yeah. So this is partly your focus for high school students. Is to help them um, find their direction. Or find the mm. right colleges. As well as get their sense of purpose. Or find like what their focus is at the time. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know I, I remind kids that none of them know anything about the, the whole future, but it feels better to know a, ne- a next step. So like, you know, I didn't know I wouldn't I finish my graduate degree until I was like 40, you know, like I did when I was in high school. Um, but it's worked perfectly for me. And a lot of teens, when they graduate high school, they think, oh, I'm going to go, you know, into the workforce or the military, or I'm going to go be a doctor. And then a year down the road, they change their mind. But what my, my job is, is to help them know a next step to take. And if they know their, their personality and respect, you know, who they are, if they know what they're already good at, the things they already love and have had enough experiences that they can kind of try on hats, then basically they'll make a really good decision for next steps. And then if they're faithful to the next step, then the next step opens up. So that's that's you know basically we worry we don't worry about the whole future. We just worry about next.
0: Yeah, because that is life, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: if this past year has taught us anything, it is that
1: curveballs happen. Oh yeah. 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 So I know and this. Like, is- yeah, your daughter in the portfolio. You know, like, oh my goodness, she just needs somebody to look at the portfolio. And a lot of times these days it it takes being, yeah, like you said, you you perseverate, you just keep being the one that knocks on the door, the squeaky hinge. But she knows that next step. And it's a pain, but that's the curveball that life gave this year. But if that's her heart, if that's you know what's calling to her for this, she will she will get that done.
0: Right. Yeah. So this year, I know that you have not lived through a pandemic, (laughs) as none of us have. But I have to ask, like, do you have tips or things that you have a heart to share with people of how to homeschool in the pandemic? Oh, yes.
1: Yes. So one of the most important things we need during this pandemic is to not be in the four walls all the time that it is so easy when you need to be home most of the time to be home most of the time. So, you know, if you can't do anything else but get in the car and drive around the block, our, in order to be healthy, our brains need stimulation. And same, 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 same causes anxiety, especially for teens and, um, you know, the, the young pubescents, their brains need things to work on or it really generates anxiety. So, you know, get out and go for a hike or for a drive or, you know, go someplace where you can social distance, safe, do something. Um, because the the neurologically, these kids need that kind of stimulation. And then after doing that, they can focus so much better on the, the boring things like math and science. Well, yeah. I think it's
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sp- specific daughter loves science, and is very good at math, thankfully, so I don't have to deal with it. That's policy. a lovely thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, okay, between you and me, <laughs> I let my daughter use the car to go for drives when she mm-hmm. wasn't fully licensed yet. We're in the middle of the country, <laughs> so yeah. there's not much to hit besides a deer or a tree. Yeah. <laughs> but I did let her do that. She actually had her driver's um, test about uh, two weeks or something before all of this hit. And then, and then she canceled because we knew what was coming. Uh, Mm -hmm. My husband is a medical doctor, so we knew what was happening. And so Mm -hmm. she canceled it. And because she canceled it and not the DMV, then she was pushed back seven months. But so she's a very capable driver. And I'm just like, yep, you go drive. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, you need to get out, just
1: go drive. And they, they do, they just have to, and we moms have to, we just all need changes of scenery. Yeah. So that's the, the, one of the very best things that, that you can do. Also to make sure each day there is something worth laughing about, about. that uh, when we laugh, our brains release healing hormones and uh, calming hormones so you know we need a daily dose of laughter it also helps our immune system uh, so, so that's nice so laughing and changes the pace it that doesn't sound like that's revolutionary for school but boy does it help if your body and your soul are in a decent place when you've got to do your lessons it really does help
0: you know, I think one of the biggest things that came out of this last year was all the memes online.
1: Uh, Hilarious. Yes. I Every day, I waste a little bit too much time looking at memes because it gets a good laugh. And that's, you yeah. know, it's harmless. It's good for us. So yeah, and I gotta that's-
0: say I'm Canadian, so I can like kind of dip into politics. I won't go too far. But uh, Bernie Sanders, thank you. This week was
1: lovely because of you. <laughs> i have i keep telling myself i am not reposting any more memes but i think i've got a hundred of them they just just getting more hilarious yeah it's like bernie has made all of our days
0: yes yeah. this morning he was sitting with the gal from queen's gambit playing chess yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so humor is another tip that you would suggest as um, focusing every day to do something fun. You know, that is not one that I thought about, probably because I take things too seriously most of the time.
1: (laughs) Well, and you know, education is serious, um, but (laughs) it it really is a a burnout if we don't. And uh, so to get some biology going on, you know, little, little endorphins, little oxytocin, that's a nice thing. Another thing that really good self-care at, for homeschooling is physical movement. So, you know, if you guys are out in the country, go for a walk in the woods and things like that. Some, some teenagers, you know, especially boys will really get into weightlifting and things like that. And even in the pandemic, they've got their YouTubes and their different channel, all the, uh, way too more digital than I am. Um, and so that gives them dopamine and dopamine helps them focus and improves their mood like moving their bodies will actually improve their health so not just uh oh you need exercise but on the neurotransmitter level with the dopamine it, it is good for them so whatever works yeah you know, sometimes they'll do yoga or you know something that's it's all on YouTube these days. So even in a pandemic, they can, they can do things that keep moving. And that helps them with their education and their mood.
0: Yeah, and for sure for me too. I actually, I think burning off that tension once a day so mm-hmm. necessary, especially when I think when you have littler kids and they're maybe more dependent or they need you more often, and you have this compelling that you need to create this routine and and you know things are a little bit more structured maybe and less depend or more dependent on you, then I think you need to burn that tension off somehow. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I grew up, well, we all grew up in North America and had this constant messaging that said, here's your body image, this is how you should look, and you're never really going to meet that, and you're never going to be good enough. Um, So then I I had specific messaging in my family around it that wasn't healthy. And so I've always resisted that image-bearing aspect. But I have learned since Daniel Amen actually um, introduced me to a whole bunch of healthy ideas about a dozen years ago. And he really said, listen, you need to burn off tension. You need to um, exercise for your brain's health, not because it's making you feel like you look a certain way.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's I tell that to teens and and remind us moms like we're only after minimum effective dose. We're not here to sculpt bodies or, you know, become fitness queens. You don't have to, you know, rule Instagram or YouTube. What you need is to have your neurotransmitters and your stress hormones managed. And that's what you get when you move your body. Or if you go outside for a walk, then when you see the trees and the clouds and all, your brain also will release extra um, calming hormones, So it activates your anterior cingulate I had to work hard to memorize that (laughs)
0: awesome (laughs) okay I did want to know about that because I also think there's nature therapy and where I live I would love to take you for a walk because it is it doesn't matter how many times I do it like at least once a day we have chickens and we have a a great pyrenees so we are required to go for walks and be outside but I go for long walks and Mm -hmm. it is so useful for me to I feel like be on God's time or be in God's space. Like it's not this created thing around us where we've got all these screens and we've got all these tasks and there's the dirty dishes need to be done. And all these demands, Mm -hmm. you just go outside and everything just kind of quiets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, am so blessed. I live now out in the the countryside in Maryland, the rolling Hills and the big sky and the trees and the birds. And so, Every day, like today, right before I talk, I was out in the winds blowing and everything, but the birds were out and they were chirping in the bear trees. And, you know, it was just a beautiful moment and good for my body and soul.
0: Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. I'd love to see what that's like. It would be really fun to exchange homes for a day, said everybody probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me more about the discussion on gratitude, because that is something that I think I got from Oprah, actually, way back, uh, gratitude practice. And I don't think it's a magic bullet in my own experience. I, don't, I try to write down my gratitudes in the morning, sometimes mm-hmm. talk about them with the kids throughout the day. But I know it's not a magic bullet, but it's like I'm trying to focus my intention towards something. What do you think is the value in a gratitude practice?
1: You know, I, I like the way you said that is you're, you're focusing your intention. Um, one thing gratitude doesn't do, it doesn't solve life's problems and it cannot cover up for work we need to do. Like if you have a bad temper or you're depressed or you're having panic attacks, you know, those things need healing and you know, that that's cool. Healing is awesome. But one of the vitamins that keeps our body and our soul healthy is gratitude. And it's really cool because it's free. So basically, all gratitude is, is just noticing when something is going well, or when something is just okay. Like you get up in the morning, and you're breathing. Okay, (laughs) you know, like that's a grateful doesn't have to be something amazing. But when we develop the intention or the habit of noticing anything that's on the positive side, what that does, it really actually activates our anterior cingulate in our brain and different parts of our limbic system that help calm us. It improves your immune system. They have found that they can see measurable differences in if you practice writing gratitude, I think it's for 20 days. That if they do a PET scan before and after, they can see brain growth in the calm down parts of your brain by practicing that. Yeah. Well, and and I just get the biggest kick out of it because, you know, if you read the Bible, it often says, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. And, you know, it's like God doesn't need our thanks. He's doing just fine.
0: Yeah, we need it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he made us to need to be thankful. But it's the coolest thing is we keep our brain and our soul healthy if we notice the good things. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, we don't be, you know, silly, you know, we don't ignore the things that need to be healed or or fixed. But to notice that they're also good, you know, really
0: calibrate. Now, I, I my mind is just going in a few different directions. One of them is about all the stuff that we learn. You're talking about healing. And for me, parenting, for sure, hands down, is the biggest thing, the biggest teacher for me of all the things that I see in myself. Um, I hope my kids aren't listening. No, they know, actually, they've heard me say this, but that is for sure one of the biggest things. I'd love your thoughts on that. And then I don't want to forget to ask you, um, also the verses, Philippians 4 to 8, when we're to think on these things, I don't always use those verses because my audience is outside. It's Christian and it's not, it's secular. So it's everybody. But it's the same thing that I'm always speaking is to capture your thoughts and- ask yourself why are you feeling what you're feeling what are the thoughts behind the feeling do you need Mm -hmm. to address underlying needs and going down that path you know the the verses from Philippians 4 8 um, are speaking the same things as as what we're being admonished to do all the time in culture now in a Mm self-care area but anyways would you like to speak to any of that
1: yeah, well, I think you you just brought out is you're acknowledging your feelings too. You know, when we're grateful, we're not denying the things that need to be fixed. And you know, when I'm working with young people or my clients, um, I teach them the three W's as to stop periodically and ask, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? And what am I going to do about it? So, you know, some days it's a rotten day. You feel bad because everything's going wrong. So what you're going to do about it, sit down and cry because you need to. And, you know, that's real. Uh, so that's, we have this this balance of the the real things in life. Pandemics are hard. And some days we just need a rotten day. I feel bad. I'm going to sit and watch Bernie memes all day, you know, like <laughs> Some days you need that because you're tired of the pandemic. And then some days you go like, okay, that was a great Bernie meme. I'm thankful for that Bernie meme. Yeah. And then you get up and get back to work.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I wish I had you on my shoulder all throughout the year. <laughs> I, you know, I've learned a lot about my own personality too. I think that helps me to understand how I am as a mom um, you know, enneagram type two. I'm sure you're not shocked. <laughs> you are too, right? Yeah, I'm a two too. I know. Like, that. Yeah. I, I, I see you. You're you're really listening to me. That's what I'm. That's uh-huh. what I'm experiencing. But you know, it's um being an enneagram type two with a by the way a child of enneagram type eight was a very growing experience. <laughs> but but as a type two or as an ENFJ, just barely an E. But um, I. I think it helps me to understand myself a little bit more so that it doesn't sound so wacky when I say I I encourage people to go, um, if they're having a really challenging moment with their kids and they're feeling really intense and they don't have somebody to call and verbally process like I would do, but go stand in, in front of the mirror and talk to yourself like you would as though you were Mm -hmm. speaking to your friend Mm -hmm. and it's super weird, but it actually works Mm -hmm. and it must be that anterior cingulate thing that you, (laughs) I must be calming. (laughs) Did I say that right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Well, that's a a marvelous idea. And yeah, each of us have a different personality as moms and as kids. And i love for people to do their personality tests so that they can really go. Yeah. So an ENFJ, you need, some sensible conversation. You know, if it's a bad day, you you need to process with people. And if you're a two, you need to be known and you need to fix it for somebody, you know, so, yes. and then we're, we're, then we're all right. And that's, a, I, I'm an INFJ. So if I'm having a, a tough day, if I can, I will get one of the seven sisters on the phone and we will just complain together for like, let's talk about the meaning of life. You know? Yes, <laughs> Exactly. But that's because we need that deep conversation. And then one of my friends who's an INTJ, what she needs on a bad day is just to go scrub the bathroom. So
0: that's my husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do stuff.
1: Yeah. And just like, and, and then I can have something to show for it and we're in charge here. Yeah. Or reorganize the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that
0: interesting? Yeah, and I I know that they say not to personality type, or encourage younger kids to personality type. um, But I think there's some value in it to try and recognize that they're separate identities, they're separate people Mm -hmm. outside of you, Mm -hmm. and to see how do they process Mm -hmm. Um, interesting that when two of my girls were younger they were also enfj and Mm -hmm. i think that that's not really them i think that was like them mirroring me or mimicking me
1: yeah well and they they grow their own aspects of the personality and they'll be you know more or less different different things over different times yeah if you have teenagers though um it's it's good for them to explore that when they when they have the headspace to do it and if you go to vickytillmancoaching.com, I have a freebie on there where they can click links to the free versions for a whole bunch of uh of the personality tests like the Myers-Briggs that we we're just quoting and um the, what's your Harry Potter house? Just for nonsense.
0: Oh, wow, fun. Yeah. That, yeah, that is, that is interesting. That's the stuff that I actually do encourage people to do. Um, but maybe it, we're specifically more interested in that because of our personality types. Yes. My INTJ husband is like, yeah, I'm out. I don't care. I got stuff to do.
1: Yeah. and that's You know, that's just a sign of his personality and it's good for him to be him. Yeah <laughs> so exactly. We need it. We just we just got to have it. So
0: we got to have it. Yeah. It's useful in the homeschool I think to understand yeah. your kids a bit. Mm-hmm. So over the years um homeschooling can be I think demanding at times. It certainly has so many freedoms. I don't want to discount that. Like clearly we stay in it or I stayed in it because of freedoms. Um but it's very demanding. How did you, were there specific areas that you had to grow or that you had to learn about in yourself so that you were able to meet the task or meet what you perceived that you needed to do as a homeschool parent?
1: Yeah, there's several things. One is to be comfortable with motherhood being about guilt. (laughs) Okay. I would never be enough for my kids.
0: I think I just laughed, by the way, because I'm like, oh, yes, that's it. That's it. I don't, I don't like that, except
1: that it's reality, right? No. And, you know, my version, I'm, you know, in the Ugram too. I should be able to do all the things my kids need and, you know, make their world just how they need it to be so that they can become all they're supposed to be. You know, that's what I do. Yeah. But yet yeah yeah we're never everything our kids need, and so to to be able to understand that that guilt is a sign that I care, not that I'm failing, yeah. and so to be able to to rest with that and uh you know I've got my oldest is forty, I still feel guilty, you know, like <laughs> you know they'll they'll tell stories when we all get together here, not since the pandemic, but you know um. And they go like, you remember when we did this? Or you remember when mom did that? And they go, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. In fact, yeah, I won't share details because it would be truly incriminating. But the playlist, the musical playlist that my kids know as their homeschool experience I mean, I really do have a broad spectrum of music that I, we listen to, but some of the stuff I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that that's how they think of homeschooling. Like it's totally not cool. I <laughs> won't even say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. But that is just one of many stories, right? They have all sorts of
1: things. What gets really oh, yeah, Oh yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's lovely when you hear them talking to other adults, you know, if they're in a setting and you get a chance to overhear and they mention, you know, their teenage years and the stories they tell are usually funny stories and good stories or stories about what made them who they are. And I think, you know, their homeschool experiences helped shape that. And I'm really thankful for that. So yeah. Yeah. So that's being able to not be consumed by guilt, but know that guilt is there and that we're never enough for our kids and, well, and, and good, you know, <laughs> because we're not God. That's not the design. Yeah. Yeah. And then to as much as we are able to allow them to become so, you know, like your daughters or kids that wanted to go to school, school, that was part of their becoming. Right. It's not, not, not your decision. It was what they needed. And, you know, for my, I know my daughter, when uh, she was middle school told me she was going to be a a photographer. Wow, and I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, that's cute. You're in middle school, you don't know anything. But she just kept persisting, you know, so in ninth grade, um, she said, I'm going to be a photographer. And I'm going like, there's no way you can make a living off of being a photographer. So let's explore all these other career things and do so we explored, we explored, and she would do them very cooperatively. And she'd say, but I'm going to be a photographer.
0: I love that. <laughs>
1: Finally, one of my my co-op mom friends said, you know, before I got married and started homeschooling and was too busy, I was a wedding photographer and kept the living going very well with that. And I go, oh, all right. So, so <laughs> really just threw in our efforts into photography courses and, you know, working on a portfolio and all of those things. And, um, girl graduated from college with a double major in photography and, um, and uh, graphic design and awesome. is a professional photographer. Yeah, that is amazing. And that's what you want
0: for them because then they're following their thing and yeah. their passion. And I went into nursing after um, high school. Well, actually, I took a meandering path, but into nursing. And I really did it because I wanted to go to Africa, which we did actually do when I was a mom and my husband is a physician. Um, But I went into nursing because that was something that you should do, I guess. But my heart is being a writer, which also is um, not so well paid. (laughs) But I love it. And I find so much meaning in it. So that's the goal, right? Is to find that purpose. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's what you're doing now. So, you know, and, and you're writing with your podcast. Yep, I am. And you've got your website and
0: your books and all. So. Yeah, it's been a huge year because if you knew me in grade 6 you'd be like you're comfortable talking with random strangers i was so shy but it's been a really it's been a good growing experience it's been so much fun really and f- mm-hmm. frankly I didn't say this right on the top, but I was so nervous. I'm like, oh, okay, fangirling. Because when I think of you guys or you ladies, I think my very early homeschooling years or uh, yeah, it was my first few years where I was like, okay, can I do this? Can I do this? And I would hear all of your different stories and think, yeah, I can do this. And it was really powerful stuff that you shared your stories.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i so, so blessed. In the community that I'm here with. Um, and you know where we are fortunate to be in a part of the world where there's just a whole bunch of us homeschoolers, and they were just a very authentic community that I grew up in you know as far as homeschooling goes so as I was starting the homeschool world we did not have many of the pretentious ones who knew everything and this is how you have to do it we were just kind of down there in the dirt and mud together and so um, to to be able to be real with each other yeah along the way has been such a blessing because you know we're all just a mess yeah just normal human beings and even the ones who think they know everything No, you know we're all just people and we're all just getting through
0: yeah yeah beautiful because the whole thing is growth right Mm -hmm. like the whole thing is probably all about growth when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're having an existential crisis it's okay it's all about growth it's all about just learning and growing and that is life
1: yeah yeah, that reminds me when I was a kid in college, I was a biology major for a while until I realized we well, really wasn't smart enough for it. But I remember sitting in my biology class, listening to the laws of thermodynamics. And the second law of thermodynamics is the law of entropy. Everything falls apart. But <laughs> I, I, my professor was sitting there saying, we're humans and we can break that law by continuing to grow. And that, you know, that's one of the very few things that stuck with me through college is if we keep growing, we break one of the basic laws of science. Oh, I really like that. That's good. Yeah. And I, so I, I think about that, you know, we, we grow as persons, we help our kids grow like that is a gift that we have. And it really is the thing that makes a difference in, in, you know, that like, how we leave our mark in the world and on our kids is our continuous growth not mm-hmm. falling
0: apart yeah so then we don't have to feel so guilty about being imperfect and yeah. giving them all these you know this fodder for their adult stories yes <laughs> it's okay it was supposed to be yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna remember that one <laughs> that was pretty big yeah, yeah. i like that i now, now, it sounds very intelligent, too, to say. And so the second law of the thermodynamics has informed my homeschooling
1: experience. I love that. I mean, right. I, I heard all of my vocabulary now. So you heard the <laughs> second law of thermodynamics. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I love that. That is really good. So uh,
0: normally, I close my interview with three questions. And okay. today, I've got four. <laughs> okay. All right. What are you doing normally on a Friday night?
1: What I am doing on a Friday night since the pandemic is my old husband and I sit down and watch a movie <laughs> on television. Yeah, and that's yeah. very simple. Yeah, it would have looked too. different in other times. Um, you know, we would have done something with the kids, but all of them are grown and everybody's social distancing. So, Beautiful. life is very simple. Mm-hmm
0: i don't think i've heard anybody answer differently by the way so there's something about friday is movie night
1: (laughs) i mean the old days we would have game nights with our friends and you know like,
0: yeah may it be soon Mm -hmm. that and hugging people would be nice
1: (laughs) oh my Mm -hmm.
0: i had no idea how much i wanted to hug random strangers (laughs) until this year oh yep yeah what is on your bookshelf right now what are you reading
1: okay all right i have right here i've got half of my well a part of my bookshelf i have books in piles all over the house so right beside me here i have um a book of quotes that i picked up at um our homeschool blogger convention not this year because it didn't happen because of the pandemic year before called that's what she said Okay. And it's all quotes by women by um, Dr. Jean Porter King. And I just love quotes. So I'm we reading. Do. And I'm reading On Tyranny by um, Timothy Snyder. Um, it goes back and looks, you know, on um, where tyrannies rose up. So it's a little short. Oh, interesting. And a devotional and um, talk to me in Korean because I'm trying to learn Korean. No kidding. Yeah. Your intention is to go there? Well my daughter-in-law one of my daughter-in-laws is Korean. Oh, okay. And so I have been working for five years to learn Korean. Wow. So I, I can say some things. Which is hello. Hello how are you? And uh, that's you know so I've got some basics and I can understand. Um, uh, uh you know, the basic gist of conversation. Also one of my very best friends, she's not a homeschool mom, um, but from church is Korean. And so she and I hang out a lot. So I, I want to be able to contribute a little bit in Korean here and there.
0: Oh, beautiful.
1: So that's my, that's my upstairs list. My downstairs list. I've got, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, uh, <me. laughs> yeah, a book called My grandmother's hands, which is a book on, on trauma therapy. Uh-huh. Um, so I got my professional book and then I've got some biographies on the shelf back here that I read in between clients. So you sound yeah. like me that
0: I've got books all over the place. That's, I want to say that's like a homeschool mom thing, but that's not actually true anymore. Not everybody says that.
1: Yeah. Everybody's different. And I like book form books cause I'm old. Um, oh yeah. And I just finished James Harriet the, the series again, yeah, the all creatures, because, great. and oh, Small. Yeah. I love them um yeah but that's I like old books and I like new books I like book books but mostly in the the print form
0: yeah last year I was super disappointed and everybody had some disappointment but this is going to sound pretty lame but this is this is me as a reader, I got to 24 of my 25 book list on Goodreads. Well. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I put in the last book and it wouldn't accept it. And I'm like, no, I get to have the confetti and I get to get congratulated. <laughs> oh, no. Such a nerd. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how did you name your blog or not your blog? Your, um, yes, it's also your blog, but your
1: podcast name. Who came up with the name? Um, the The Seven Sisters, the Homeschool yeah. High School podcast. Yeah. Um, it, the Seven Sisters Homeschool is a group of six of us homeschool moms. Only we love community, and so when we started the blog, we didn't want to be about us. We wanted us to be about community because that's how we do everything. And so we just made everybody the Seventh Sister. So anybody who reads or joins our Facebook page or anything, they're our Seventh Sister. So that's how we got the seven Sisters homeschool. And then we started the Homeschool High School podcast because we were at a blogging convention. And uh, Felice Gerwitz, who has the homes, ultimate homeschool podcast network, was there. And she came up to us and she says, I need a homeschool high school podcast. Will you do it, please? And we said, okay. <laughs> and so so she named it for us. Beautiful. Yeah. So what is an
0: identity that you have that would be entirely outside of the homeschool mom identity that you haven't mentioned with us
1: today? Well, besides the, the counseling and the, yeah. the life coaching, um, the one that, that tends to surprise people is I am... I've got several, but that I'm a really nerdy bird watcher. And out of that is a fairly busy um, activist for environmental issues yeah because I I like my birds and I want them to be okay so I think we are the same people (laughs) I
0: actually do the um Cornell University uh bird tracking project (laughs) that is so funny I knew I liked you but I just (laughs) I didn't realize I was meeting meeting me (laughs) that's so funny it's been such a pleasure having you on today where can we find you
1: online so at sevensistershomeschool.com and also com And that's where you can get the freebie download. It's called personal discovery links for the personality tests. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> thank you for joining me today. It was yeah, a really thanks pleasure thanks having so you. Yeah, we'll see you. And thank you for joining me today. I'd like to hear more about who you are, so come on over to my Facebook or Instagram page, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I've recently opened a Homeschool Mama support group with the intention of supporting and encouraging you along your homeschool journey in hopes that you'd also want to support and encourage other homeschool mamas too. And while you're there, you can check out the preview of my new book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer, been talking about this book for more than a year, but it is about to be released mid February. I am so excited to share it with you. I am hoping that it will bring encouragement and support to you on your homeschool journey. And in honor of that launch, I will be having a series of live interviews with other homeschool mamas who have been there, done that, and are helping other homeschool mamas on their journeys today. And I've got a self-care package as a giveaway in honor of this book launch that you will appreciate. It's not just swag that is put into a self-care package that nobody really cares about. This is some pretty cool stuff that I myself love. So you can find all the show notes and the links of this episode found at life. Until next time, I wish you and your kids a charmed week. Unless you're having one of those days, then I hope you can turn all your challenges into your charms.